Praise the Lord, everybody. This is Pastor Fields here, and yet again, another Wednesday evening, the Lord has allowed us to come together as his children to go into his holy word. And I pray tonight that the Lord would bless, inform, enrich, whatever you need tonight, that the Lord would do it through his word. And I love the Lord, don't know about you. He's been keeping us through all of the confusion and all of the things that's going on in the world. The Lord is yet holding us in his hands and I'm so grateful to that tonight. Wanna to give some more of the saints time to connect with us as we prepare tonight to go into God's holy word. I thank God uh, for the people of God here in Washington, D.C. at Greater Refuge Temple and in the Bronx, New York, Refuge Temple Annex. I have the joy and the honor of being your pastor. And I thank God for us being able to come together uh, regardless of all that's going on. Um, and I thank the Lord. He's so good. He's so good to us. Before we go into the word tonight, I see some more connecting. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we love you. And we thank you for your goodness, your grace, your mercy. We thank you for this another opportunity for us to come together to go into your word. We thank you, Lord, because you've been keeping us. Bless this fellowship tonight. Bless us, O oh God, as we talk about your word, as we dig into your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Come on in. I see some more of the saints coming in. Praise the Lord. God bless you tonight. Well, uh, as you know, last week we started a three-part series uh, dealing with the second coming of Jesus Christ. And last week, my topic uh, was today could be the day. And I'll say it again, uh, today could be the day. The Lord can come at any time, any moment. Uh, the Lord can appear. Yes, and we should be looking forward to that as the people of God. Tonight, I'm in 2 Peter chapter 3, and verses 3 through 8. And the subject for tonight, uh, the theme tonight, this is the second installment in our three-part series dealing with the second coming of Jesus Christ. Uh, it comes in form of a question, where is the promise of his coming? Where is the promise of his coming? Uh, and that is a question uh, that many believers and unbelievers alike have been asking simply because uh, this is a subject that we have been talking about for centuries. Yeah. Uh, and as we go into the word of the Lord, you'll discover that this subject has been talked about before Jesus appeared on the earth. Uh, the promise of his coming. It's not just in the New Testament, but the promise of his coming uh, is all the way in the Old Testament. Prophesied uh, that he would come, uh, not only that he would come to gather us, but he would come to rule. Uh, all of these things uh, have been talked about even before Jesus set foot upon the earth. And we're going to go into the word of God tonight, but I want to read our foundation scripture coming out of Second uh, Peter, <coughs> excuse me, verses 3 through 8. Pull out your Bibles and let's get into the word of the Lord, knowing this first, 
that there shall come in the last day scoffers walking after their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. So here is a question being asked. Since the beginning, since creation, uh, the word of God here, Peter writes it and says, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, I'm in verse 4, chapter 3 of Second Peter. Since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. So here we begin understanding that all unfulfilled prophecy in God's word is actually bound up with uh, the personal bodily and visible return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, and uh, tonight, as we go into the word of God, we're going to try to consider an urgent question uh, that was asked uh, by those who are scoffing, those who are laughing, believe it or not. Uh, and it's not just people outside of the church, but uh, for some reason, it is a debate even among us uh, where people are struggling with whether or not Jesus is really going to come again. You'll be surprised of what some of the saints are talking about, those who are teaching the word of God. Some have strayed away uh, from this blessed hope, and our blessed hope uh, is that Jesus is coming again for us. Uh, so we're going to consider this question that was asked in verse 4, Second um, Peter chapter 3, verse 4, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? Uh, we're not going to ask it like those who are scoffing and laughing and ridiculing our beliefs. Uh, there are people who struggle with our faith, uh, everything that pertains to our faith. Christ dying and rising again. Uh, the efficacy of the blood of Jesus Christ, you know, because we're always talking about this power in the blood. And there are people who question our faith and our belief. Uh, but those of us who are in it. Hallelujah. And not only are we in the church, but it's all in us. Uh, we know the realness of this. Hallelujah. I'm not just running my mouth, but I can feel God on the inside. Um, so uh, we are going to stick with the testimony of Scripture. We're not talking our opinion. We're just going to deal with what the word of God says. But at the same time, I want to look into the context of the question, where is, uh, where is the promise of his coming? 
Uh, I guess you can interpret that question also as what's taking him so long. Why hasn't he come yet? Why has, has he allowed so many things to happen? Uh, why, why, why? Uh, but Jesus told us, he said, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. Uh, the love of many will wax cold. You know, he gives us a whole list in the book of Matthew of things that would happen. But he says, uh, these are just the beginning of sorrows. Uh, so we still want to look into the context of the question. Uh, and we read of something uh, and we have to be sure about what we've read uh, and the context of the question that's being asked. Uh, where is the promise of his coming? What's taking him so long? Why hasn't it happened yet? Is it really going to happen? Uh, well, uh, when we talk about the second coming of Jesus, and those of you who are Bible scholars, you, you may know this better than I, but when we talk about the rapture, the second coming of Jesus Christ, we're, we're talking about something that's going to happen in the last days. Uh, and these are the last days, yes. Uh, put that in the comment section. These are the last days. Come on, hashtag. These are the last days. It relates particularly to the last days. Uh, the end of the dispensation of grace. Hallelujah. Will be the total end when the Lord takes his church out of here. That will be the close of the church age or uh, the dispensation of grace. Uh, immediately after he raptures his church, immediately after he brings us out of here. If you don't know it by now, this world is not our home and he's coming to receive us unto himself and immediately, as soon as we get out of here, as soon as we hit the air, hallelujah, the dispensation of grace will come to a close uh, and we should expect uh, scoffers. We should expect ridiculers. We should expect people, uh, yes, to laugh and question because they're not in the faith. And it's sad to say there are some who claim to be in the faith uh, who laugh and scoff. They don't do it verbally. They do it by the way that they live. Uh, so, but I need to say everyone who scoffs at the truth as it pertains to the return of my Savior, Jesus Christ, uh, they're just fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> yes, they are. Uh, Jesus told us he was coming back uh, and that there would be those uh, who would ridicule, who would not believe. Uh, Peter tells us exactly what the scoffers would say. Uh, Peter tells us exactly what our ridiculers will say. Uh, where is the promise of his coming? Hallelujah. He promised this. Did he really promise this? Can this really happen? Uh, and the answer, my friend, my brother, my sister, uh, is emphatically yes. Um, so let's get into the word tonight. The promise of his coming. We started out before we had prayer, letting you know that the promise of his coming, the promise of his coming is found in the Old Testament. Yes, it is. Uh, there are, let's listen to this. Uh, let's go back. There are 39 books in the Old Testament, uh, and these can be divided, of course, we know, into five books, the Pentateuch, right? Genesis up through Deuteronomy. Uh, there are 12 historical books. Listen, I have in my notes, there are 12 historical books, Joshua up through Esther. 
And there are six books of poetry that would be Job up through Lamentations. And we understand that there are 16 books of major and minor prophets. That would be Isaiah up through Malachi. All right, follow me. Now concerning all these books, each one of these books we read, uh, first, well, we're in the Old Testament, but let me take you to some New Testament scriptures um, very quickly. Second Timothy 3.16, it says, all scripture. Remember this, those who, who are studying for their catechism, uh, you need to remember this scripture, 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness. 2 Peter 1.21, before we continue in the Old Testament, the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. Hallelujah. And I'm reading this for those who struggle with the Old Testament talking about Jesus coming and the Lord's return. Uh, but we're going to get into the word. I'm not talking my opinion, but uh, Peter also said in chapter one, second Peter, chapter one, verse uh, 21, the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, uh, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. All right, let's go now, uh, understanding this, because in each of these five groups uh, that we talked about dealing with the Old Testament, we find the promise of his coming. Hallelujah. Where is the promise of his coming? I'm trying to answer that question tonight because Jesus, my Lord, my Savior, our Redeemer is coming for us. Uh, and in each of the five groups that I just described, uh, in the Old Testament, we find the promise of his coming uh, as the following examples will show. Let's go to Genesis 3.15. Listen to what God says in the garden. I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. Uh, that's Genesis 3.15. Listen, you will strike his heel. Hallelujah. When he said that, he was referring to his first coming, uh, fulfilled when he came to die on the cross. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. It's all in his word. Hallelujah. Hashtag that. Hashtag. It's all in his word. Uh, it was fulfilled at Calvary where our Lord Jesus Christ was crucified for you and for me. Hallelujah. He died for me. He died for you. Oh, yes, he did. Uh, then God says in the garden, he will crush your head. Uh, that refers to the second coming uh, and the Lord's overthrow of Satan. Uh, and for this, I have to take you to Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse eight. I'm in the word. Uh, and then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth. Mm -hmm. and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Hallelujah. In Revelation chapter 20, verses 1, 2, and 3. Hallelujah. John, the revelator, says this, And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit. 
and a great chain in his hand, and he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit, shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. So the Old Testament, hallelujah, not only tells us of his coming, of his dying, of his resurrection, uh, but it also talks of him coming and setting up his government. Yes, his millennial kingdom. Hallelujah. This is good stuff. Yes. And we've talked about this before in previous lessons of things that are going to happen after the rapture. Hallelujah. Now we're in uh, segments leading up to the rapture, letting us know. And I told you earlier, hallelujah, that he is coming. And once he takes us out of here, that dispensation of grace, the church age will cease. Hallelujah. Could you imagine what it's going to be like uh, when the church is no longer here? The only reason why the enemy can't do what he really wants to do is because we are still here upon the earth. But Jesus is coming. Oh, yes, he is. So uh, we're still dealing with that question. Where is the promise of his coming? Well, let's go to Genesis 5 and 24, where uh, it says, And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. I want to compare that to Hebrews 11 and 5, where it says, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Let's move on and compare that now, hallelujah, to 1 Thessalonians 4 and 17, where it says, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Well, if it was meant for Enoch to stay here, uh, and this is symbolic of what's going to happen to us, uh, we shall not all sleep, but some of us will be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Hallelujah. What happened to Enoch is a foreshadow of what's going to happen to us. Some of us will pass away. Hallelujah. But there will be some of us who remain alive here on the earth. And Jesus is not going to leave any of his children. The dead in Christ will rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. Hallelujah. We'll be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. Hallelujah. Oh, what a day. That's one flight you won't have to buy a ticket for. Uh, not a paper ticket anyway. Uh, the ticket you'll need to have is the Holy Ghost. And that same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead will quicken our mortal bodies. Hallelujah. And I'm so grateful for that. Uh, Brother Enoch held hands with God and walked on into glory. Uh, and by faith, we're holding hands with the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and he's going to bring us on in to glory. I feel good in my spirit right about now. 
Hallelujah. Now we understand, uh, and I'm moving along because there's a lot to cover tonight. Genesis, in the book of Genesis, we're not going to read it all, but in the book of Genesis, you might want to write it down and go back for reflections later. Chapters 22, chapter 23, and 24. Uh, chapters 22 up through chapter 24, uh, it talks about Abraham and uh, you understand the story of Abraham and symbolically let us let's look at it. Abraham is a type of, fa of the father. He's a type of God. He's a God figure uh, where it talks about Eliezer, Abraham's servant uh, symbolizes he's a type of the Holy Spirit. Right. Uh, types and shadows. That's what the Old Testament deals with. Uh, so when the story gets to Isaac. It is the type. He is a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. He represents Christ. So Abraham represents God. Eliezer represents the Holy Spirit. Isaac is representing the Lord Jesus and Sister Rebecca. Hallelujah. It represents the church. Uh, so by the time you get to Genesis chapter 41, when it talks about Joseph, Joseph now also in his story is a type of Christ. I'm going to read Genesis 41 and 45. Hastening on, uh, and Pharaoh called Joseph's name uh, Zephnath-Paneath, and he gave him to wife Esenath, the daughter of Potiphar, a priest of On. And Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. Hallelujah. So, and this is during his rejection, uh, the Bible says that he takes a Gentile bride. And let's do some comparisons here so we could fully understand. So we move to Genesis 42 and 8. And Joseph knew his brethren, but they knew not him. Move over to 45, 3 through 4. We're still dealing with Joseph. And uh, the Bible says here, and Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph, doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom ye sold into Egypt. Let's move on. Now we have to take you, and we're comparing these, these scriptures to the book of Acts, chapter 15, verse 14 and i apologize for moving so quickly but we have a lot to cover uh and perhaps i'll have to come back to this uh, because i'm sure there are questions in your mind uh simeon have declared i'm in acts 15 and 14 simeon have declared how god at the first did visit the gentiles hallelujah to take out of them a people for his Name. So when you compare all those scriptures, you'll understand uh, the Old Testament is building up all the way to the fulfillment of what was talked about in the old uh, and the Gentiles. So you understand when you follow the trail that I'm bringing you through, you'll understand that we were in his plan from the very beginning. And I know uh, it says to the Jew first. Uh, but it also says to the Jew first and then the Gentiles. Uh, and we understand the New Testament church, one of the issues that they had, there were many who were behaving as though he said to the Jews only. 
Hallelujah. But I'm so glad uh, that he had me in his mind from the very beginning. God had a plan for me. Hallelujah. He had a plan for me. He had a plan for the Gentiles. Uh, take a good look at me. I'm not Jewish. There's nothing Jewish about me. I was born in Harlem. And he knew where I was going to be born. He knew I was going to be born in sin and shaping in iniquity. Hallelujah. Right there in St. Luke's Hospital in Harlem, Harlem, New York. Hallelujah. But he made a way for me to be saved. Before I got here, he had a plan for me. Put that in the comment section. God had a plan for me. He didn't leave me out. No, even before, even before I got here, he had a plan for me. Uh, he came to the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. Hallelujah. I'm getting so happy. I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, let's go to Genesis now, 49 and 10. I'm just going to read it. I want it to marinate in your spirit. Hallelujah. And after I read, I'm just going to say, say law and let it rest. We are here. It says in the book of Genesis 49 and 10, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, uh, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come. And unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Hallelujah. Selah. Just sit back and let that marinate in your spirit until Shiloh come. You mean in the Old Testament. The Old Testament is setting us up. Something great is going to happen. Hallelujah. The end of all this mess is coming. God's going to gather his people. Shiloh. Shiloh is coming. 1 Samuel 16 and 11. Hallelujah. God is setting up his Davidic kingdom. Yes, he's setting it up. We're going through some Old Testament segments. And here, uh, God is setting up the Davidic kingdom. I just told you, the scepter shall not depart from his hand. Uh, and he's lining up his lineage. Hallelujah. Adam has sinned, but God has a plan. Uh, to bring us unto himself and he's setting up his, his eternal kingdom and he's doing it uh, line upon line, segment upon segment. Yes. And Samuel said, remember, uh, Samuel said unto Jesse, I hear all thy children. And he said, there remaineth yet the youngest and behold, he keepeth the sheep. Samuel said unto Jesse, send and fetch him for uh, we will not sit down till he come hither. Uh, I'm not going to read all of it, but uh, it's setting up that picture uh, of David. Hallelujah. Is there another son, Jesse? Uh, and God is doing it now, and he's moving the pieces into place, uh, and he's putting David into place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm getting happy in my spirit. Uh, let's move on uh, before I start shouting up in here. So we understand now, I want to take you to 2 Kings 2.11. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. Hallelujah. And, how, and, and you know where I'm going with this, where the Lord comes. Uh, Elijah did not die, uh, just like everybody 
uh, when, when Jesus comes to get us, everybody is not going to be in the graveyard. Some of us are going to be caught up. Um, and here, the Lord comes and, and he doesn't even let Elijah have a funeral. He says, I'm coming to get you. I'm just coming to get you. And he sends a chariot of fire uh, and parted them both for Sunday. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. Yes, Lord, into heaven. Wouldn't it be wonderful if, if, if you got a call in your spirit and God said, I'm coming for you. Uh, I'm not going to let you have a funeral, uh, but I'm coming to get you. And you're standing outside your house and, and it's not a taxi, but it's a chariot. And he takes you straight on into glory. Elijah didn't need a spacesuit, didn't need a rocket ship, didn't need oxygen. The Lord just took him just like he took uh, Enoch. Enoch went for a walk and Elijah got to ride into glory on a chariot. My God, this is good stuff and I'm feeling it. Uh, and I'm going to take you to the New Testament now because uh, there is comparison here. First Thessalonians 4, 17, then we which are alive and remain. I told you so. Where is the promise of his coming? It's all in the word of God. Yes, I feel like giggling and jumping and everything else. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to take you to the book of Job. Where is the promise of his coming? Starts in the Old Testament. Job 19.25. Hallelujah. Job in the middle of his struggle opens his mouth and says, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Where did he get that from? Holy Ghost had to put that in his spirit. God had to put that in his spirit right in the middle of his mess. Hallelujah. He's having a, a terrible time. And in the midst of his terrible time, God puts a revelation in the spirit and it comes out of his mouth. I'm going through, but I know my redeemer lives. Hallelujah. And he will stand at the latter day upon the earth. My goodness. Let's compare it to Zechariah 14 and 4. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives which is before Jerusalem on the east and the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof. I mean the word toward the east and toward the west. There shall be a very great valley and half of the mountain shall remove toward the north and half of it toward the south. Bring you to Acts now. We're comparing these. Hallelujah. Where is the promise of his coming? Is all in the word. Acts 1.11, which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This is what the angel said in the graveyard. This same Jesus, which is taken up from you. Hallelujah. This same Jesus. Hallelujah. This same Jesus. I lost my place. Okay, I'm back. This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. I said they were in the graveyard. I misspoke. They were on the Mount of Olives. Hallelujah. And they're watching our Lord ascend. And the angels speak to him and to them rather than say, which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into the heavens? 
the same Jesus which is taken up from you in heaven. He's going to return. Hallelujah. Just like he went up, he's coming back again. Remember that song? It's a choir song. I haven't heard it in a long time. Uh, the choir used to sing, Jesus ascended up to heaven. And he's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. Jesus ascended up to heaven. And he's coming back. Just like he said he would. I go away to prepare a place for you that where I am you may be also. Hallelujah. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you so. Hallelujah. Where is the promise of his coming? It's all in the word of God. Let's go to the book of Psalms. We're still in the Old Testament. Hallelujah. We didn't get to the New Testament really yet, but we're focusing on the promise of his coming leading up to what is happening in the New Testament. But Psalms 22, Psalms 23 and 24, hallelujah, all considered prophetic, uh, uh, prophetic songs, uh, messianic songs, and there are uh, quite a few messianic songs, songs that uh, prophetically talk about the coming of our Savior, the returning of our Savior, the death of our Savior, the resurrection of our Savior, the prophecies. I'm sorry, um, let's go back Psalm 22, 23, and 24. Um, if I take you to Psalm 22, and it's too much to read, but uh, just let's break it down a little bit, and you can go back to it at your leisure. Uh, but when you go to Psalm 22, uh, this psalm is prophetic of his death. Yeah, uh, the 22nd Psalm, when you read it in its entirety, is talking about the death of our Messiah. Psalm 23 is true of every believer right now. I know uh, David wrote it, you know, he said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And that is true of every believer right now. He leadeth me beside still waters. Uh, hallelujah. He anoints my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Uh, but in the book of Psalms number 24, it's still prophecy that is awaiting to be fulfilled. Yes. Um, so when you read those three Psalms, when you get a chance, but uh, I want to take you quickly to the book of Isaiah, chapter 61. Um, because you understand the prophecies of Isaiah, uh, when you go to Isaiah up through Malachi, they are filled, these books are filled with the promise of the coming of our Lord. Hallelujah. I'll say it again. From Isaiah up through the book of Malachi, uh, these books are filled uh, with the promises of our Lord's coming. Mm -hmm. uh, they were not fulfilled at his coming, uh, but they await fulfillment. I'll prove it to you. Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah chapter 61. And I should say uh, all of them have not been fulfilled. Some of them are waiting to be fulfilled. But I'll take you to Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61. I'll give you a chance to find it. Isaiah 61. Verses 1 and 2, and we're going to compare that to Luke chapter 4, verses 18 through 19. I'll give you time to find it. Isaiah, mm -hmm, Isaiah 61, verses 1 and 2. Uh, and if you're sitting in a group, 
uh, have someone go to Luke chapter 4 and read 18 and 19 along with me. Isaiah 61, 1 and 2 says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Uh, Those are the same words Jesus spoke when he stood in the temple and opened up the word of God. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. Yes. And if I take you to St. Luke, I'm going to take you quickly to St. Luke chapter 4. have a typo here, so I've got to Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. Read with me. It says again, this is Jesus talking. Mm-hmm. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind and to set at liberty them that are bruised. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm so grateful for God's word. Where is the promise of his coming. Hallelujah. It's all in the word of God. It's all up in the word of God. Hallelujah. And God keeps his word. Oh, yes, he does. My God keeps his word. I don't know about the God you serve, but my God, hallelujah, keeps his word. Uh, as a matter of fact, put that in the hashtag, hashtag that, put it in the comment section. My God keeps his word. And he said he's coming back. And he is coming back again. So the promise of his coming, uh, and we didn't read all of the scriptures. We made reverence to some, but we haven't read all of them. The promise of his coming is all up in the word of God. Yes, it is. And we just showed you that it's in the Old Testament. Promise of his coming. The promise of his coming is found in the Old Testament. So let's move on. Uh, because we still have a lot to cover, and I hope I'm able to get through it. If not, we'll just we'll just have more than three segments because I don't want to hold you too long. Uh, but the promise now, we're moving to the next segment. The promise of his coming is found in the four Gospels. Yes, now we're, we're moving into the New Testament, and the promise of his coming is in the four Gospels. Uh, here we have... Um, Inspired and authoritative records, (laughs) inspired by the Holy Ghost, and authoritative records of the words that our Lord Jesus Christ repeatedly said. He said it over again. Every chance he got, he let them know, I'm I'm coming back for you. Some people look at Jesus like he was crazy. Man, you just got here. How are you talking about you're coming? You're coming to to get us again. But he always spoke about this repeatedly. He spoke of his second coming. Hallelujah. Jesus told him he didn't just lay hands on the sick and they recovered. Uh, He didn't just heal blinded eyes, but he told them, Jesus told them, I'm coming 
Again, Matthew 16, 21, from that time forth, Jesus showed unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. That same chapter, Matthew 16, 27, Jesus is talking, for the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels. The Son of Man shall come in the glory of his father with his angels and then he shall reward every man according to his works what does that sound like he's going to come in the glory of his father with his angels and then shall he reward every man according to his works matthew 24 and 3 mm -hmm. matthew 24 and 3 follow me and as he sat upon the mount of olives the disciples came unto him privately saying Tell us when shall these things be, what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world. Same chapter 24 of Matthew, chapter 24 of Matthew now, verse 27. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. That same chapter 24 now um, from 27, I'm taking you down to verse 35. Heaven and earth shall pass away. Heaven and earth is going to pass away. Think about that. Heaven and earth is going to pass away. Mm -hmm. But my word shall not pass away. What are you talking about, preacher? Didn't John say, I saw a new heaven and a new earth? That means all this is going to come to an end sometime. Yes, it is. And Jesus is going to take his church out of here. We better stop playing church. We better get it together. Remember that song, Get Right Church and Let's Go Home? Yeah. Verse 36, Matthew 24, 36. But of that day and hour no, knoweth no man. No, not the angels of heaven, but my father only. No man knows the day or the hour. Nobody can tell you Jesus is coming tomorrow. Jesus is coming on December 30th. Nobody can give you a specific time. But be ye also ready because he's coming. Verse 37. But as the days of Noah were. Now he's telling us how things are going to be. He says as the days of Noah were. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. What is Jesus talking about? Well, Noah was telling them over and over again, it's going to rain, it's going to rain. And people laughed at him. They scoffed at him. What do you mean? What do you mean? It's never rained. What is rain? It, hadn't, it, had, it had never rained before. Uh, but it did rain, just like Noah said it would. He said, just like uh, it was in the days of Noah. Hallelujah. So shall it be. Uh, when the, the Son of Man comes, and I'll, I'll describe it even further because Jesus goes further and says, For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And that's a long way of saying they paid Noah no mind. They laughed at him. Hallelujah. And there's a whole lot of people acting like they don't believe Jesus is coming. They don't believe 
that heaven and earth is going to pass away. But Jesus said, my word shall never pass away. In other words, everything I said is going to come to pass. You better believe me and you need to be ready because I'm coming again. Yes, uh, verse I've read verse 37. Let's go down to verse 44. Chapter 24 of the book of Matthew, verse 44. Therefore, be ye also ready. This is this is the Lord talking to us. Where is the promise of his coming? It's all in the word of God. He says, chapter 24 of Matthew, verse 44. Therefore, I'm telling you all of this. So therefore, be ye also ready. Get yourself together. Be ready. Get dressed. Listen, somebody tells you they're coming to pick you up. Hallelujah. Uh, you don't sit there in your pajamas. And then when you hear the horn blow, you yell out the window. Wait a minute. I got to no. The moment you know somebody is coming to get you, you got to wash up, brush your teeth, comb your hair, <laughs> comb your hair, put on your clothes, you know. Get ready so when the horn blows, you can get in the car. And Jesus is telling us, be ye also ready, because when I blow the horn, what are you talking about, preacher? Well, hallelujah, the trump of God will sound. <laughs> and the, there's going to be a shout, the voice of the archangel, and the trump of God will sound, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And we which are alive and remain, we shall be caught up to meet them in the air. Hallelujah. Matthew 25. The book of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. I'm going to read it. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto the ten virgins. Listen, Jesus, you know the story about the ten virgins. And I won't read it all, uh, but you know the story. Five were wise, five were foolish. Right. And Jesus saying the kingdom of heaven is like these 10 versions. He's saying the church, the church is like these 10 versions, five wise, five foolish. Half of the church is is ready and the half of the church is just playing church. Yeah. Five of them were wise. Five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps. They who were just playing church took their lamps, took no oil. You got a lamp. You have a form of godliness, but you're denying the power. You hear the preacher say all the time, you need the Holy Ghost. Get saved, get right, but you won't do it. But you look the part. You look churchy, but you ain't ready. You look churchy, but you ain't ready. The wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, there was a cry. At midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet them. Then all those virgins arose, trimmed their lamps. Now listen, it says all the virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. So that means even the virgins that came with no oil, even the unsaved, they got up and went through the motion of trimming their lamp so they can go see the bridegroom. Really? But the wise, listen, uh, I'm, I'm going ahead of myself. The foolish said to the wise, give us your oil for our lamps have gone out. Give me some of your oil. I, I can preach right here. I can stop here and preach 
right here. And the topic of my sermon would be get your own oil. Get your own oil. Get the Holy Ghost for yourself. You can't, you can't make it off of me. You got to be saved. You got to make sure you have oil in your lamp. Hallelujah. Put that in the comment section. Hashtag get your own oil. Hallelujah. And the, and the wise said, not so. You better go to the store. Listen, when Jesus comes, it'll be too late to run to the altar and say, Lord, uh, give me the Holy Ghost. You should be seeking him now. If you're not right, you should be getting right now from the pulpit to the door. Hallelujah. Say, go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And Jesus says, this is, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. I'm, I'm telling you to be ye also ready, but I want you to know. Now, listen, the question that comes to my mind every time I read this story is, you mean to tell me that when Jesus comes, only 50% of the church will be ready when Jesus comes? All these years of preaching and singing and churching and, and doing all of this. And when Jesus comes, he's saying five wise, five foolish. And, and listen, they, they, they ran and they knocked on the door. You know the story. The door was shut. <laughs> the door was shut. And they came back and knocked on the door talking about open up and let me in. Yes, now that part I want to read. Hallelujah. They said, listen, that's verse 11. Afterward came also the other virgins saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. These were the ones that were going through the motions. Had all this time to get saved, all this time to get oil in their vessel, all this time to get the Holy Ghost, to seek God so they can be ready when Jesus comes. And now they're knocking on the door after it's, after it's too late, saying, Lord, open to us. And this is what the bridegroom says. Verse 12, he answered and said, verily I say unto you, I know you not. Hallelujah. And Jesus says, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. My Lord. Go to the gospel according to St. Mark. Promise of his coming is found in the Gospels. I'm in St. Mark chapter 13, verses 24 through 27. But in those days after that tribulation, after tribulation, the sun shall be darkened and the moon shall not give her light. And the stars of heaven shall fall and the powers that are in heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And then shall he send his angels and shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from the uttermost part of the earth to the uttermost part of heaven. Hallelujah. Here we are in the book of Luke now. Promise of his coming is all in the word of God. Luke 19 uh, verses 11 through 27. I won't read it. It's a whole lot of reading. But write it down so you can go back and reflect on it. The gospel according to St. Luke chapter 11, chapter 19, I'm sorry. Gospel according to St. Luke chapter 19, verses 11 through 27. And then go to Luke chapter uh, 21. And that I'll read because it's not 
uh, a whole lot of verses to read. Verses 25 through 28. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity. The sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the son of man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. So Jesus repeats himself more than one time, more than two times. Hallelujah. The, the Lord spoke and said it. Uh, and there were witnesses there. And when you go through the Gospels, you'll see that Jesus talked about his coming, he talked about the rapture. He would talk about what would happen after the rapture. Hallelujah. And he talked about uh, now understand the rapture is when Jesus comes for us and his second advent or when he returns uh, to establish that millennial, that thousand year period. He's coming with us. Yes, I feel like skipping into the book of Revelation and going there, but that's another lesson. John 14, 1 through 3, right? Let not your heart be troubled. Yes, you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I, I quoted it earlier. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Receive you unto myself and where I am, where I am. Jesus says, where I am, there ye may be also. Take you down to John again, chapter 21, verses 21 and 22. Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? Jesus saith unto him, if I will that he tarry till I come. What is it to thee? Follow thou me. Hallelujah. So he's having a discussion with Peter. Right. Uh, and, and Jesus is simply telling, follow me. I'm, I'm going to lead you into glory. Follow me. Uh, and uh, Peter turns and he sees uh, a, the disciple who Jesus loves. He's talking about John uh, and uh, following him, uh, which which is. Uh, the Bible's way of saying you're not the only one. We all should follow him. There are disciples. We're all trying to make it. Uh, and Jesus uh, is walking and, and uh, you know, everyone has a different relationship. Uh, and I, I should say in, in the way of their uh, personalities, we're all different in how we talk and how we adjust. Uh, so Peter was feisty and Peter was mouthy. Right. Uh, but John was affectionate and we're all trying to make it. I'm going to park here for a little while. We're all trying to make this trip and we all have different personalities and I need to stop here for a little while. Uh, and we're all different. But what makes us uh, 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 fellowshippers and, and gives us a common denominator is the Holy Spirit. Uh, and we're striving to make it in. Uh, Peter, as, as I said, was feisty, but John uh, was was a, a type of character that was very affectionate. Uh, he would hold the master's hand. He would lay his head on the bosom of Jesus. Right. Now listen to what it says. Uh, he leaned on his breast at supper. This is John. Lord, which is he that will betray thee? And they're having this conversation, right? And Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? 
and, and Jesus said to him, if I, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is it to thee? Follow thou after me. Um, so that was Jesus' way of saying, listen, don't worry about who's going to backslide. Don't worry about who's going to betray, who's going to walk away from the faith. And I, and I know uh, we in church we talk about it a lot of times. You know, all these people backsliding, all these people giving up. Uh, and But Jesus says, he's saying to Peter, uh, he says, if I will that he tarry till I come. Uh, you know, if, if, if I will uh, that, and he didn't tell him it was Judas, uh, but he says, if I will that he tarry, Till I come, what is it to thee? He says, follow me. He says, you make sure you're right. You make sure you do the right thing. Uh, and, and, and we need to talk about this conversation that he has with Peter because Peter uh, and John and other disciples were worried about this. Uh, but the conversation that he has with Peter was a little sharper. Uh, and, and there's a message right there. He says, don't spend so much time worrying about who's going to do this and who's going to do this. Make sure you make it in. <laughs> you make sure you're right yourself. Don't look and wonder who's going to make it and who's going to be faithful. Don't point fingers. Don't look around and say, Lord, who's going to know? You follow me. Jesus says, you follow me. Put that in the comment section. I will follow Jesus. I will follow Jesus. If no one else does, I will follow Jesus. Listen, if you're the only one in the house saved, you keep on following Jesus. Hallelujah. Only one at work saved. Hallelujah. You follow Jesus, even if they laugh at you, even if they don't believe in you. Uh, you might win some. Yes, you might. Your life might be powerful enough uh, and your testimony might win some, but if you don't, hallelujah, you make sure you yourself are saved. Follow me, Jesus said. You follow me. So, uh, the promise of his coming is in the Old Testament. I hope I'm not talking too much, but I feel good in my spirit. The promise of his coming, we're answering that question, where is the promise of his coming? Uh, it's all in the Old Testament. It's all in the New Testament, and we haven't dealt with all of the scriptures in the New Testament. Uh, but now uh, we understand that the promise of his coming is found uh, in the book of Acts. Well, we're going to come out of the Gospels. There's a whole lot more there, uh, but we're going to go now to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. And when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. So this testimony here that was written by Luke in the book of Acts uh, is important because uh, the angels were there. They were there at his birth. Uh, it's all in the scriptures. Uh, I won't read it, but it's Luke chapter 1. Write it down, Luke chapter 1, verses 28 through 33, and chapter 2. 
of the Gospel of Luke, uh, uh, verses 8 through 14. And then at his resurrection, uh, the angels were there. Matthew chapter 28. Hallelujah. 28. Chapter of Matthew. I'll read that one. In the end of the Sabbath. And as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week came Mary Magdalene and the mother, the other Mary, I'm sorry, to see the sepulchre. And behold, there was a great earthquake from the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment was white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. Well, the angel was there. Angels were there when he was born. The angels were there now that he's risen. He's not here, the angel said. <laughs> yes, for he's risen as he said. He's not here. Just like he said he would, he got up on the third day. Just like Jesus said. He's not here for he has risen. As he said, come see the place where the Lord lay. Come, come see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you in Galilee. Bless you now. I want to take you back uh, to a scripture that we've read earlier. It's, it's Acts, though, in the book of Acts, chapter 15 starting at verse number 14. This represents what Christ is doing now. This is what's going on today. Even now, uh, Simeon have declared how God at the first did visit the Gentiles. And I say it's going on today because uh, this is the time of the Gentiles, uh, the church age, yes, uh, where uh, whosoever will let him come, um, the Jews rejected him. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. I understand that Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles. Um, many souls were blessed. Many souls were saved, and they're still coming in. Souls are still being saved, still being delivered. Uh, he is gathering a people for his name. And to this agree, the words of the prophets, as it is written, after this I will return. I'm in verse 16, chapter uh, 15, verse 16, after this I will return. After this I will return and will build again the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down, and I will build again the ruins thereof, and I will set it up that the residue of men might seek after the Lord hallelujah and all the Gentiles upon whom my name is called saith the Lord who doeth all I wish I had time to dig into that uh, there's enough meat in there for me to spend a few weeks uh, talking about but the promise of his coming I'm going to return uh, all through uh, the word of God. Uh, the promise of his coming is talked about. Uh, the things that he's going to do. Hallelujah. He's coming again. I said he's coming again. Do you believe that? 
Jesus is coming again. The promise of his coming also was found uh, in the letters that Paul, James, uh, Peter, and John wrote. Uh, the promise of his coming. Uh, they all talked about the fact that Jesus, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, is coming. Hallelujah. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5, Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts. And then shall every man have praise of God. Remember what he writes? Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51, 52, Behold, I show you a mystery. Hallelujah. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Yes, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Hallelujah. At the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Put that in the comment section. Hashtag we shall be changed. Hallelujah. Colossians. Paul writes, uh, in his letter to the Colossians, chapter 3, verse 4, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, hallelujah, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians, his epistle to that congregation there, I don't want you to be ignorant, hallelujah, brethren, concerning those who are fallen asleep, that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. Hallelujah. The rapture is my hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Hallelujah, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Thank you, Lord. With the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Paul writes to Titus, hallelujah, in his letter to Titus. Chapter 2, verses 11 through 13. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all, to all men teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope. The blessed hope of the believer is the fact that Jesus is coming to receive us unto himself. He says, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of that great God, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Paul uh, writes in Hebrews. Uh, some say Paul didn't write Hebrews, but we'll give it to Paul today. Hebrews chapter 9, verses 24 through 28. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of true. But into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. He writes, nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entereth into the holy place every year with blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. 
But now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this judgment, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear. And unto them that look for him shall he appear. Are you looking for him? And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time <laughs> without sin unto salvation. James talks about it uh, when he writes his book, chapter 5 of the books of James. He says, be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Yes, behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth. And have long patience for it until he receive the early and latter rain. He says, be ye also patient, establish your hearts. For the coming of the Lord draweth near. Yes, Peter, James, and John, and Jude talk about the promise of his coming. First Peter chapter 1. Verses 10 and 11, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what all, what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Yes, chapter 5. Of first Peter verse 4 and when the chief shepherd shall appear I'm getting happy in this place ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away I'm gonna get my crown when Jesus comes when he comes hallelujah he's going to reward us yes we're going to get our reward second Peter chapter 3 yes second Peter chapter 3 Verses 3 and 4, knowing this first that this shall come, and this is our foundation scripture. We're back to our foundation scripture. Hallelujah. In the last day, scoffers walking after their own lust, saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continued as they were from the beginning of the creation. Hallelujah. Brother John, uh, in his gospel, he writes about it. Hallelujah, John, 1 John, 1 John 2 and 28. And now, little children, abide in him that when he shall appear, abide in him that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. My God, hallelujah, little children, abide in him. Little children, stay with God. Little children, stay saved, that when he appears, you'll have confidence. So when he comes, you'll know you're going back with him. Hallelujah. I felt that in my spirit. And hallelujah. And you won't be ashamed before him at his coming. You won't stand before him and hear him say, depart from me. I know you not. First John chapter 3. We're still in his writings. Chapter 3 of 1 John, verses 1 and 2. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. 
Verse 2 says, Beloved, now we are the sons of God. I love this verse. Now we are the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know. But we know when he shall appear. Hallelujah. This corruptible will be changed into incorruption. We shall be like him, and we shall see him as he is. I'm going to take you to what Jude says. Promise of his coming. Where is the promise of his coming? We started in the Old Testament. Hallelujah. Now we're in the, dealing with the fact that the promise of his coming was found in the letters of Paul, James, Peter, John, and now Jude. Jude writes in his writings, verse 14, he writes about Enoch and says, Enoch also the seventh from Adam prophesied. Enoch in the Old Testament, Jude writes and says, Enoch, the one we said walked with God and he walked with God. And when he looked up, he was standing in glory. Enoch, the seventh from Adam, Jude chapter one, verse 14, prophesied of these saying, behold, the Lord cometh. Enoch, the seventh from Adam prophesied and says behold the Lord cometh he's all the way in Genesis hallelujah so the Old Testament is pointing up and there's some things in the New Testament that are pointing back to let you know that it all coincides and here Jude says Enoch the seventh from Adam prophesied and said, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints. My God, to do what? To execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Hallelujah. Don't you know? That the people of God are going to judge, sit at the judgment seat with the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm all the way in Revelation now. My goodness. And I wish I had the time to get into all of that. The word of God is sweet and powerful. And there's so much information. Anything you want to know, you can find it in the word of God. Hallelujah. But we're going to sit around with our Lord. A My God. Even the angels are going to be judged. Those fallen angels, we're going to watch it all. Hallelujah. But you got to make the rapture. You got to make the rapture. Jesus is coming. You got to make sure, I have to make sure, we have to make sure that we're on the Lord's side. So when he comes, we won't be ashamed. Hallelujah. So when he comes, we won't be ashamed. Yes, promise of his coming. The promise of his coming. Hallelujah. The promise of his coming. Where is the promise of his coming? Hallelujah. So let's move on. I'm almost through. The promise of his coming is also found in the book of Revelation. The apocalypse. It's found in the book of Revelation. Uh, and, and it wouldn't make sense for us to talk about the promise of his coming uh, of his personal return. I'm not sending anybody for you. I'm not sending the angels for you. 
I'm not sending Michael or Gabriel for you. I'm coming myself. I'm going to gather up, as in the book of Malachi, I'm going to come and gather up my jewels. I'm coming to get my church. The whole message of the book of Revelation can be summed up in the first chapter. Uh, I'll take you there. Uh, Revelation 1 and 7. I'll give you time to turn to it. Yes, the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 7, it says, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him. And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. Revelation, chapter 22, verse 7. Behold, I come quickly. <laughs> Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. He says, I'm coming quickly. And if you keep the prophecies of this book, hallelujah, you'll, you'll be with me forever. I'll give you a crown of life. I'll let you sit, hallelujah, with me. Yes, I'll give you a new garment. Verse 12, chapter 22 of the book of Revelation. And behold, I come quickly, he says again. And my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. Hallelujah. I'm going to take you down to verse 20, chapter 22 of the book of Revelation. He which testifieth these things says, he's talking about Jesus. And this is what he says, surely I come quickly. Surely I come quickly. This is Jesus talking in the book of Revelation. John hears it and writes it down. What are you saying, Jesus? Surely I come quickly. You better believe it. <laughs> Surely I come quickly. Every time I say it, I feel something inside. Surely I come quickly. John writes it down. He which testifieth these things saith, surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. And finally, the promise of his coming is found in the Lord's Supper. Yes, we say it all the time. Oh, yes. We say it all the time when before we take communion and we read that communion scripture, I wonder if we're really paying attention. I wonder if the saints are really paying attention. There's, there's something else said there when we take communion. It says, let a man examine himself. We always, yes, we always reflect on that, uh, but there's something else there before we take communion that is said, and I'm going to read it briefly, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. Mm -hmm. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup. When he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, this do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Mm -hmm. Now, verse 26, this is the clincher. Verse 26, for as often as ye eat this bread 
and drink his cup, you do show the Lord's death. For how long? Till he come. Those three words. Every time we take communion, we are reminded of the promise of his coming. Hallelujah. Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away. Rising, he justified, freed me forever. And one day he's coming back on that glorious day. He says, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, every time you take communion, this is what he says. You show the Lord's death. You show the Lord's death. Till he comes, till he comes. Every time we come together, every time we kneel at that communion table or kneel at the altar to take communion, every time we drink of his blood and eat of his flesh, he says, hallelujah, ye do show the Lord's death until I come, until I come. I want you to remember what I've done for you, but I also want you to remember that I'm coming back just like I said i'm getting ready to close i didn't mean to hold you long hallelujah i'm getting ready to close uh, but the promise of his coming and this is the finally the promise of his coming should be found in the heart of every true believer i say true believer because just because we're all in the church doesn't mean that we all truly believe that he's coming back for us. Hallelujah. But he is coming just like he said. I'm not a man that I should lie. Neither the son of man that I should have to repent. Hallelujah. Whatever God says, whatever the Lord says, whatever he speaks must come to pass. And the promise of his coming should be in your heart. Are you holding on to the promise of his coming? I know he's coming back. Hallelujah. Revelation 19 and 10 says, John says, and I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, see thou do it not. Hallelujah. I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For well, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. <laughs> and there are some prophecies that have come to pass. But there are some who have, that have not yet been fulfilled. And he said, I'm coming back. It hasn't happened yet. But just like the others came to pass, you better believe his promise to return will come to pass. It should be in your heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It should be in your heart. I'm going to take you back to the 22nd chapter of Revelation, verse 20. He that testifieth, and the testimony of Jesus, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. I'll take you back there again. Revelation 19 and 10. And he said unto me, see thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That's his word. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. 
The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Behold, I've come in the volume of the book. He is the fulfillment of prophecy. And everything he says is going to come to pass. The testimony of Christ is the spirit of prophecy. And Revelation 22 and 20 says, He which testifieth, these things saith he. Hallelujah. This is what Jesus is testifying. Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. I'm going to stop here. Where is the promise of his coming? It's all in the word of God. Jesus said he was coming. Even before Jesus stood on the earth. Even before Jesus said, I've come that I that you may have life and that more abundantly it was prophesied. All the way in Genesis, all the way up through Malachi, the promise of his coming was talked about. Hallelujah. The gospels talk about the promise of his coming. The book of Acts talks about the promise of his coming. Hallelujah. Peter, James, and John, and Jude, hallelujah, all talk about the promise of his coming. The book of Revelation, of course, Hallelujah, talks about the promise of his coming. And the testimony of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. And he that testifieth saith this, Hallelujah, I'm coming quickly. Hashamayasi, surely I come quickly. Is it in your heart? Do you really want to see the Lord? Yes, I, I think it's time that we really get serious about his coming. He is coming soon, just like he said he would. You may have been watching today, and perhaps you have not made a decision to turn your life and give it into the Lord. Surrender your heart to him. Do it and do it now. Don't wait until tomorrow. Hallelujah. He promised that he's going to come again. And for those of us who are in the church, we need to make sure that we are in the church triumphant, that we are really truly saved. Hallelujah. And that our calling and election is sure. Hallelujah. Because when Jesus comes, we want to be ready when he cracks the sky. I want to pray a prayer for you. Hallelujah, saint and sinner alike. Oh God, that the sinner will say yes, Lord, and give their life to him. And the saint of God will make up their mind to stay with God, to be all they should be. And whatever's wrong, they say to the Lord, create in me a clean heart, renew the right spirit within me. Hallelujah, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Father, we pray. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ, hallelujah, that those who may be connected today who are not saved will get saved. Hallelujah, so they'll be ready when you come. And those of us who are already in the kingdom, hallelujah, will certainly make sure our callings and our elections are sure. And that we're not like the five foolish virgins, but that we have oil in our vessels. Because you're coming soon. You said, surely I come quickly. And we want to be ready when you come. Help us, Father, I pray. 
in the name of your son Jesus Christ amen hallelujah now if you don't have a church home we can help you with that send us a request from uh, I should say to admin at grtdc.org and if you want to make a donation today you want to plant a seed in this ministry you can do so follow the instructions that our technician is putting on the screen those of you who are fellowshipping at RTA in the Bronx there uh, in the New York area uh, you may use Givelify uh, but plant that seed won't you and we thank you for your donations and for your seed hallelujah we're not going to keep you much longer but I want to thank God for you all and I hope that we've said something tonight to be a blessing, to stir your hearts and minds. And we're going to be in part three of our three-part series uh, in dealing with the second coming of the Lord. And we're going to talk about what kind of people we should be. <laughs> oh, Lord, it's going to be hot. It's going to be lit like the uh, children say today. I'm an old man. I felt old when I said that, but I'm not as young as I used to be. Uh, but it's going to be lit. What kind of people should we be uh, while we're waiting for the Lord's return? Uh, in some ways, we're not what we're supposed to be, and we need to measure up to God's word. And we're going to deal with that next week as we uh, go into the third and final part of the second return. Uh, I should say, I'm sorry, of the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for the time that we've spent. We bless your holy name. Now, there are three things I want you to do between now and next week. I want you to be careful, be prayerful, and be holy. Shalom, shalom.